Hi, this is Tony Lloyd. Interviewing people for many years has made me realise that everyone has a life story to tell. Be they sad, amazing or even inspirational, I want to bring as many human stories to you as I can in this series of podcasts. Human Stories with Tony Lloyd. Trisha Walsh, welcome to Human Stories. Thanks so much for talking to me. Thanks for inviting me. Now, um, I wanted to talk to you because I saw on social media that um, you mentioned a few problems that you had in your earlier years. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it, it struck me that um, your story would help other people listening to human stories, which is what it's all about. But um, I have to turn the coin the other way around at the moment because you seem so successful. You're so busy. And we'll talk about your career, obviously, in a tick. Um, but uh, it, it's it's quite incredible. So you're sort of living proof that um, even though you've had a bit of a, a tough life, then um, you can still be successful and you can still get um, get moving with your life. Yeah, well, you know, you, like you don't, you, you, you never give up. You just keep going, you know, because, um, you know, I believe that the earth is a schoolroom for the soul and that we're here to learn lessons. So, I, you know, I, and we, we don't just come down here to live in mansions and have a Porsche, you know, like pain is a touchstone, uh, touchstone of growth. And pain pain's bloody awful. I mean, you know, uh, I think the post you read was me talking about when I went into rehab, which was 27 years last December, because wow. I had a problem with alcohol. Yeah. And, and I had both basically thrown my life away. I'd been like an ambitious little thing and i was one of the 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 first female producer um writer actresses in england actually had my own production company and produced my first play bonkers and i did loads of tv i was successful but then i went through like an ugly divorce and there was issues over my son and i started drinking to numb the pain Mm. and um and then i kind of fled to america and then Caribbean and partied my way around and went I won't even say how much money I went through but just threw my career away basically yeah and then I realized I had a problem because I started to drink and I couldn't remember what I did before the night before and that's called a blackout Mm. and so yeah I get a phone call saying you were banned from Sardis last night oh god what did I do I mean it's a bit like having an epileptic fit and I tried AA then I couldn't get it you know and i couldn't stop drinking but i was a binge drinker so a lot of people think that you have to drink in the morning uh, you know that that makes you an alcoholic it's not true like you can drink once a year it's how it affects you when you drink and you know i became a nasty person and um so i prayed to god to get me in a rehab because i couldn't get it and i'd lost everything i'd lost my money i was like engaged to a guy i hated it was like because i've been evicted from my apartment i'd lost everything and um what do you know i like um this guy took me to his therapist and um uh and she said and she'd heard the stories about me and she said you're an alcoholic aren't you and i went yeah she said do you want to go to rehab and i said yes please that was a tuesday and and on the saturday it was the 15th of december 94 i was in the white deer run rehab in pennsylvania and it saved my life and i haven't had a drink since you know Um, and, and what's what how did they how do they fix you well it, it's kind of like 
quite it's quite magical we have the 12 steps and there's 12 steps and you hand your life and your will over to god and i don't know it's like a magic wand is kind of way but i prayed a lot i was on my my hands and knees saying god please help me because you know um it was horrible it's like you're a slave to this thing and the reason they call alcohol spirits i i find this interest really interesting is because apparently the um the 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 chakra around your head splint not the chakra the um the aura around your head right splinters and evil spirits enter through the crown and they take you over which is why people have a blackout they can't remember this and that's what they say under the influence and spirits ah. and people's personalities change yep you know a lot of people who are really nice suddenly become really nasty and aggressive and which which is me but in a way that's lucky to have those kind of things happen to you because it makes you seek help Mm. You know, if, if you can carry on drinking, often a lot of people just keep going because they can, you know, they, they can carry on with their lives. Like I couldn't and I'd lost everything. Mm. So so they fixed me. It was it was 28 days. It was tough. You mm. know, it was uh, therapy and, you know. And, uh, it obviously worked for you um, because oh, you, hadn't yeah. had, you haven't had a drink since. Do you yeah. do you miss that party life that you had in America? No, 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 because after I came out of rehab, then I met my last husband and we were at every, like, like he was like, almost, he was the CEO of Schubert, the, the Schubert Theatres, 17 theatres on Broadway. So we were at every nightclub and all that, at opening night and every like movie premiere and here, there and everywhere. But most people in New York didn't really drink. Oh. You'd be at the Tony Awards and nobody would be, it was only the Brits. <laughs> that doesn't so that, you, that doesn't that doesn't surprise me <laughs> yeah and so i still had a party lifestyle but without the alcohol i uh-huh. like no i've never ever missed it because also but also i didn't drink for courage or some people i think it's harder if you're shy because mm. you drink for dutch courage mm. you know i'm i'm basically very extrovert and kind of very gregarious so actually drinking like is you know, I've become a bit of a nightmare, you know. <laughs> so things that, you know, I can think sober and don't say I've got the wherewithal to keep my mouth shut, mm. not so when I'm drinking, you know, when I was drinking. So, um, so I, no, I, I didn't miss it at all. And as I said, I didn't really come across it. Okay. They're, they're all, you know, the Broadway crowd were pretty teetotal. Well, that's, that's very interesting. So how did your um, showbiz career, if that's the right word, because you, you, you're a, a playwright, an actress, a singer, a producer, uh, mm-hmm. all sorts of different things. Yeah. You, you had a busy life. How did it all start when you were young, when you were a child? I mean, um, what, what well, happened? How did it well, all start? It was interesting because my father was in the Royal Air Force, so we travelled and lived in Libya and, you know, went to Brock and Germany and, and, and that. And he died out in Germany, uh, in Germany when I was 12. So my mother was from the north, from Beverly in East Yorkshire. So we went back to her area and I was kind of um, uh, a fish out of water because I was used to being with all like the military brats and we all traveled and none of us had accents and they were kind of mean to me in the north, like the new school. They were like, you know, because I didn't say bath, you know, I didn't have a Yorkshire accent, I said <laughs> bath. So they thought I was a snob mm. and, 
and and if I'd say, you know, when we were in Cyprus or something like that, they like and they hadn't travelled because in those days, a lot you know, people didn't travel the way they did then. So I was kind of like, um, I don't think they liked me very much because I was just so different. And they'd all been known each other from like kindergarten, and they all sat next to each other. So um, I was kind of looking for an escape, and I saw an ad for a modelling um, course in Leeds. So, like, two nights a week, I take the train to Leeds after school. I have my fish paste sandwiches. I remember the conductor used to wake me up on the way back. I'd be fast asleep coming back from Leeds and training to Hull. And anyway, they said that I was too funny to be a model. <laughs> and they said my face was way too lively. Nobody would look at the clothes. And they said, you should go to, like, you know, RADA. So I called up RADA. I was only like 14. And they said, you know, you're like 18 years old, mm. you know, before you can start. Why don't you try a stage school? So I applied for the Italian Conti stage school. Yeah. And I remember all the girls at school, right? When I said the audition, they're like, you won't get in. Those kids are, are on television and everything. Yeah. And, that, and, and, and I actually did get in. And I was one of the only ones that was told immediately that I was in. Most people wait for a letter. Yeah. And I got a scholarship. Fantastic. The Royal Air Force Benevolent Fund paid for half of it, and Beverly Council paid the the other half. Right. So I was, um, and that was it. At Fifteen years old, I was off to London. Oh, my, yeah. my mother was heavily criticised by the uncles and aunts, but my mother gave me good advice. It doesn't sound it. She said, "Trisha," she said, "Don't take drugs because once you take them, you'll never be able to stop, and only have sex if it feels clean and right." <laughs> And she told, and, and that was it. I mean, you know, I was a little angel. I mean, and I didn't do drugs, but booze is my, my thing, but yeah. not, you know, that young. But, um, and off I went. And, um, and then I moved in with one of the girls in my class with her family. He was, um, uh, a cartoonist for Punch in New York and that. And I lived with them out in Le- Leatherhead. And it was, it was heaven. Yeah. Stage, they call them stage schools now. They call yeah. them academies or something now. But in those days, it was the Italia Conti stage school. And it, I would say I was there three years. It was the happy times. And that was when I started, um, they had an agency there, and I started doing TV. And they called me the commercial queen. I did about over 500 TV commercials. <laughs> what sort of commercials did he do? The very first ones I did was um, a, a series of commercials for Prize Yogurt, and I played a northern girl, and there was one where I answered the phone, and it was uh, people. a lot of people, people were too young to remember Natasha Pine, Father Dear Father. She was my co-star in it. She was very famous in those days. We made these three commercials, and the phone goes, and I'm chatting away on the phone, and I'm going, yeah, listen to this little bit of strawberry and all this kind of stuff, and she's looking at me. I'm chatting up this guy, and then I go... Um, yeah, Charles, it's your Eric, <laughs> like her boyfriend, stuff like that, because I'm eating, it's like I'm eating a prize. I did all this, and I had a very fake, like, I, I, I've got one on my showreel, uh, showreel 19, uh, I think 87, which is on my YouTube site, and that was for Hellman's Mayonnaise, I played a schoolgirl, and then I also had a very famous one that went all around Europe for um, Aerial Liquid playing a Dutch girl and le- loads of them, you know, but yeah. they're always comedy. And one Peter Bowles, the actor, I play as Maze. I'm trying to find out old for Christmas. I knock everything down and bring the curtains down <laughs> and stuff. So they're always funny ones. It sounds, sounds always- like fun, though, to actually do those. You know, Was it fun filming them? Oh, yeah, well, you know. This my business is is incredibly good fun. Mm. I mean, it's it's not work. No, 
because <laughs> I don't fit yeah. I'm working. It's so, yeah, it, it's like being a kid in the playground. Uh, oh, sorry, excuse me, Tony. I've got, I've got a delivery. Hello. <laughs> okay. So I, I don't know if I'm going to leave this in the interview, but uh, Trisha's just gone to answer her doorbell. All right. Oh, but no, that's Amazon. He might knock on the door in a minute. I might have to just quickly. Uh, Amazon call. It's not Avon calling anymore. It's Amazon. <laughs> no problem. I was just saying to the listener, I might leave this that in, you know, because it's good fun. That's <laughs> fantastic. Okay. So um, where's the Italia Conti score? Is it in North London? Yeah, it was. Well, no, it was South London. It was Clapham North. All right. Uh, it yeah. was a, an, a it's still there. Uh, yeah. It's an old building called Avondale Hall. Yeah. Now that they have, um, I think they have an annex. They had an annex in the, near the Barbican, which I think they've closed now. But mm. oh, it was, it was, and I was in the school rooms at the beginning, so we did school in the morning. Right. Sorry, it's the Amazon guy. It comes the Amazon man. <laughs> you know, she, off she trots now. She's going to answer the front door. Yeah. And uh, I want to find out what she's bought at Amazon. We'll ask her in a second. Hang on. Yeah. What did you, What did you buy at Amazon? Vitamins. Vitamins. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I take so many vitamins. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Okay. All right. Yes. Yeah, so, well, I'm from London, so um, I, I I know where you mean, and I was just trying to place where that school is. Um, I actually wrote a musical called Change the Day, which is based on uh, it was where we were. Um, Charlie Conti was Avondale Hall, and this is in Arundale Hall. Right. And God rewinds the day where this girl's life she's died, and like he re rewinds it to see if she can change that day. So they're in the stage school, you know, rehearsing the school show, and it's based on Conti's. Yeah. Fantastic! Yeah, great, great experience. I should imagine at the school as well, especially doing something yeah. that you love. That's really, really cool. Um, yeah. I understand you've written three musicals. Two. It's actually two. Are two. complete. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, Change the day, and um, another one uh, about the the last princess of, of uh, Hawaii, Princess Kanalani. So ah. I've done all the lyrics and the libretto, which is the script, and my composer won't do the music until he goes to Hawaii. So. <laughs> I was I was interviewing somebody in Hawaii the other day, a guy called Judd Judd Klinger. He's a he's um he writes a screenplay for Hollywood movies, uh -huh. and he's just written a book. Um, so yeah, he's on Human Stories as well, I think. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's a small world, isn't it? Now, but uh, yeah, that's is. great. Well, if you ever need an audio engineer or you know a film man, you know to come with you to Hawaii, then I'm your man. Okay, okay right. I, yeah, but I am engaged to Phil Green, and he's kind of um, he's a, a, a record producer. Yeah, he had uh, one of the biggest. Uh, hits with new kids on the block second biggest selling album globally ever fantastic yeah. i need but, to i need to interview him then as well because yeah you I'm, should do yeah, he's, obviously he's I'm, I'm a, really interesting yeah he's a character because <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a radio dj anyway so how are you I've probably played his stuff yeah of course yeah yeah he's mixed my new new, my new track coming out dance through time brilliant so, he did it over the phone with Simon, my composer. And Simon, and Simon would say, I just change a knob, and he'd be on the other end of the line. He would know. Wow. It's incredible. It's, it's, but that's how it has to be now, isn't it? Sort of remote working. But the technology is really good. 
Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Well, but Simon hates it because he's a composer. Yeah, yeah, yeah I can so understand. He, he doesn't like doing that, but the, the track is like amazing. So, um, so we finished filming the video on Friday, so uh, it's being edited now. So, and that's I don't have any expectations, but I think it's I think people will be interested in the lyrics because it's um dance through time, and it's like you know. The too, there's too much sadness now, too much tension. You need to find a new dimension, dance through time, paradise awaits. And it's that kind of fantasy that you wake up the next morning, you're in another dimension. But I've got Tesla in it and all these like whirlpools, and I'm kind of in this disco outfit dancing through the ages. <laughs> and so it's quite interesting. And, uh, mm. you know. Right, tell me, uh, answer, answer me this. You're obviously very energetic and very ambitious and you're very successful. And as you said earlier, you know, you've uh, got through uh, lots of personal issues and you're still mm. going strong and you've never given up, which is fantastic. Um, and um, that's very inspirational to listeners uh, listening to yeah. this podcast. Uh, which is what I was after. But uh, answer me this, how do you find time to do it all? Because there's only 24 hours a day and you've got to sleep sometime. How do you find the time to do all, all these projects? Well, I, I just do. I always like to be doing something, you mm. know. It's, uh, it's, I just, I just do. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I was sick over Christmas and I felt for three weeks and I couldn't eat. I couldn't do anything. And I was like, I felt like I was being lazy. Mm. And like, you know, Simon, my composer, is like, but you're sick. And it, I just felt because I'm always, as in, as I say, but you know, I'm, I'm finishing my third novel now, and um, and so I have to put time aside for that. And for some, I just find, I just, just find, find it. time. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean. I'm, I've, I, I'm similar. I've never been bored in my life because I've always got some other silly idea and project to do. You know, we're lucky. Yeah, I, I don't know what it's like to be bored. It's, it must yeah. be. It must be really terrible. But I, I, I'm I, lucky being a writer because I create. You know, a lot of actresses from my era that they they don't work anymore. You know, because mm. but I can just you know I, I write a song, I record it, we make the video. And then, you know, after my last marriage, um, uh, my, my last divorce, like the whole my whole world was taken away. And that's when I started writing lyrics I didn't know. And that was so healing for me. I, I was writing lyrics having a pop at my ex-husband, <laughs> which is one of the musicals that I haven't, like, written the, 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 story, the script yet for. But that's Arm Candy. Right. But, you know, that saga is ongoing. We've got, uh, like, a to and fro going at the moment with um, his relatives still bullying me online, you know, since, like, 14 years later. Good grief. Oh, that's... So I responded yesterday and, like, I let out some dirty secrets. That's bad. Yeah, no, no. I'm not a person to, to mess with. No, you have to move on. and some, But some people can't move on and they, they have – uh, grudges which I can't understand either life's too short to have grudges yeah I think but, but I know that you want to kind of find out how I kind of get through things the worst thing I went through that like the whole you know and I also see lots of miracles in life things that people think are coincidence I don't think they are I think I kind of think it Shakespeare said the world's a stage that people merely play us. And I sometimes think we're just puppets. Do we even choose what we eat for breakfast? I really don't know, you know. But the worst 
part of my life was I was back in England because I lived in New York for 22 years and I was doing this TV series, Pineapple Dance Studios. And we finished that and this guy contacted me through my website. And basically I ended up investing in this publishing company. It was a con. And I'm, I'm a bit of a chancer because I was running out of money. So I invested my all I had and it was a con. Uh-huh. And I ended up homeless for nine months, God. right? Oh, it was awful. I'd look at people and think, they're going home now. They've got a home. They've got a key to a door, you know? And I was like, and when you're like homeless, people like your friends, that they're worried you're going to stay forever. I said, you can stay for three days. I'll be here, there. Then it got to court. The guy got, he's still in prison. He got 14 years and he got another eight and a half years added on, you know, because he wouldn't say where the money was. Didn't get any money back. But the day after the court case, I got a, a studio. And you, you can't believe how small it, it is. If, I, I've written a blog, um, which is on my website. It's um, it's called My Dark Night of the Soul and the Birth of Bobby Rich Deceased. It was so small with this tiny bathroom. I had all my suitcases piled up. So I'd gone from a life, I was married to like this big shot of private jets and this, and there I was, you know, in elaborate grove in this, this mm, tiny horrible place. place. That was my lowest point, and everything got taken from me. Even my writing, I couldn't write because that's an escape. There was no escape, no money to shop. I couldn't even buy a cup of coffee in Starbucks. You know, I had no, I was absolutely selling off the Chanel shoes and all all the stuff. And um, what what? I, I, and I was going through a dark night of the soul, and I read a book. Which, if anyone's going through it, because a dark night of the soul is. Anything you do, you can't get yourself out of it. You can't move forward. It doesn't work. You are stuck. And you don't know how you're going to get out of this dark tunnel and you can't see the light. And I read this book by Thomas More, the modern day, called Dark Nights of the Soul. And it explained why you kind of go through it. it it's part of spiritual growth. And they say that you will thank God for it afterwards. But it was the most horrible experience of my life. But what I had to do, suddenly I realized that although I'd sit down and write and I do this and do that, the opportunities came. I wasn't in control of the doors opening or the opportunities coming. You know? And it, you can be you can be Michelangelo. If a door doesn't open or somebody doesn't say yes, you're going to go nowhere, no matter how talented you are. And I realised that, and I kind of surrendered. And I thought, this is going. I'm going to have to be like I was as a kid, and just be in the day mm. and just let it roll. Yeah. And so I, I did. And then a year later, I got this. You know, my writing back, and I created this little character, Bobby Rich, who's the little spirit voice. He says he's four, it's really three and three quarters. And and I was writing away and I was full of joy and I still had no money. And I thought, look at this, I haven't got pop to piss in. And I'm going to bed giggling over Bobby Rich and so happy because you know of the writing. So and realizing that it was a gift because I got it back. And then everything through, and I say I call God, you know, God sorted everything out and I won't go into it miraculously I got into a fabulous one-bedroom department back in Chelsea right on the Thames a block from the 650 quid a week part apartment I had and and it but was nothing it wasn't anything to do with me it's circumstances and sometimes things that look like a tragedy are actually a blessing Mm. because my building got bored and because of that I ended up back in Chelsea but it seemed like when I oh my god I'm gonna have to leave where am I gonna go you know the whole homeless thing so it's it's 
and I believe in God big time. Okay. So big time. I it's, mean, it's I a matter of um, when, when when things are bad. I think it's just a matter of um, having faith that something better's come just around the corner, and it, and it always it always comes round. There's always something better. Right. There's always a reason for everything. I think is that do you, is yeah. that what you think too? Yeah, so there is a reason for everything. Yeah. Nothing is 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 perchance we right. think it is but it's not yeah. and as i said sometimes you like something you think is is a, a, a is a, a drag is a total absolute blessing i mean something happened with my composer on monday and uh, he was moaning about having to take this phone call or something but actually a uh, huge blessing something he wanted for years happened and they were paying for it and that happened through, you know and, and and i see that as god Mm. Yeah, and I'm like, wow. Mm. Yeah, and, and and also, it, it was to do with this passport as well. And and I said, we're on the move soon, and there's things happening now that I looks like I'm going to go back to the states. But I realise that I've just got to let it roll. You know, yeah. sometimes I I know things are going to happen. It's like I know this is going to happen, but I don't know how. Yeah. Yeah. That's annoying. But, but it's, it's also exciting, you know, it's a surprise <laughs> what life well, throws at you. Well, it's a journey, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Tricia, it's been so fascinating and you you are such an inspirational person. Thank you for talking to me. And it, sound, it, well, it sounds like um, we need to have another conversation in a few months about all your projects that are further down the line, you know, because yeah. you've got so much yeah. happening. Yeah, I'll I'll send you the um, dance with time track track uh, track as soon as it's up. So maybe okay. you might play a little bit of it. Yeah, so. certainly have a listen to it. Yeah, no problem at all. Yeah. Trisha Walsh, thank you so much for talking to me. Thanks, Tony. God bless. Human Stories is a free podcast with no fees paid to contributors in the hope that they'll inspire or help others. Get in touch if you have a story to tell. If you or your organisation would like a professional podcast series to reach your own audience, or if you'd like training so you can do it yourself, I can help. Go to TonyLloydRadio.com. Human Stories with Tony Lloyd.